0: Eight week ahead.
1: This is VOA News. Via remote. I'm Tommy McNeil. Germany's economy uh, minister says the country will limit the use of gas for electricity production amid concerns about possible shortages caused by reduction in supplies from Russia. Germany has been trying to fill its gas storage facilities to capacity ahead of the winter months when gas is more urgently needed as uh, heating fuel. The economy minister, Robert Habeck, said that Germany will try to compensate for the move by increasing the burning of coal a more polluting fossil fuel. He described the move as bitter, but it's simply necessary in this situation. While the situation on the gas markets has become more acute in recent days, storage facilities are still able to make up the shortfall from Russia with purchases from elsewhere. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on Sunday called the coming week historic with the European Commission's recommendation that Ukraine become a candidate for membership to be discussed by leaders of the 27-nation bloc. Zelensky said it would be among the most fateful decisions in Ukraine's history. The war has increased pressure on EU governments to fast-track Ukraine's candidacy, but the process is expected to take years, and EU members remain divided over how quickly and fully to welcome new members. Witnesses in Ethiopia said Sunday that more than 200 people, mostly ethnic Amhara, have been killed in an attack in the country's uh, Oromia region and are blaming a rebel group, which denies it. It is one of the deadliest such attacks in recent memory as ethnic tensions continue in Africa's second most populous country. Again, witnesses in Ethiopia said that more than 200 people, mostly ethnic Amara, have been killed in an attack in one region and are blaming a rebel group. That group denies it. There's more at VOANews.com. This is VOANews. French President Emmanuel Macron's centrist alliance is projected to lose its majority despite getting the most seats in the final round of parliamentary elections. The far-right national rally appears to have made big gains. The projections are based on partial results from Sunday's vote and indicate that Macron's candidates will win between 230 and 250 seats. Uh, That is much less than the 289 required to have a straight majority in the National Assembly. The situation is highly unusual in France and is expected to make Macron's political maneuvering difficult if the projections are borne out. A new coalition made up of the hard left, the socialists and the greens is expected to become the main opposition force with about 140 to 180 seats. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said on Sunday some tariffs on China inherited from the administration of former President Donald Trump made no strategic sense and added that President Joe Biden was reviewing them as a way to bring down inflation. Former rebel Gustavo Petro uh, narrowly won a runoff election over a political outsider millionaire Sunday, ushering in a new era of politics for Colombia by becoming the country's first leftist president. Petro, a senior senator, in his third attempt to win the presidency, got 50.48 percent of the votes, while real estate magnate Rodolfo Hernandez had 47.26 percent, with almost all ballots not counted according to results released by elections authorities. Uh, Petro's victory underlined a drastic change in presidential politics for a country that has long marginalized the left for its perceived association with the armed conflict, Petru himself was a rebel with the now-defunct M-19 movement and was granted amnesty after being jailed for his involvement with the group. As the United States marks only the second federally recognized Juneteenth, black Americans living overseas have embraced the holiday as a day of reflection and an opportunity to educate people in their host countries on black history. U.S. President Joe Biden moved quickly last year to uh, federally recognize the day black Americans have been celebrating since the last enslaved people were told that they were free in Galveston, Texas, on June 19, 1865. Some black Americans say only a powerful change would make them consider returning. Recapping our top story, Germany's economy minister says that the country will limit the use of gas for electricity production amid concerns about possible shortages caused by a reduction in supplies from Russia. There's more at voanews.com. Again, voanews.com. Via remotes, I'm Tommy McNeil, VOA News.
0: Today is Monday, June 20th, and this is VOA's international edition. I am Trinidad in Washington. Coming up in the next half hour, morale runs low among soldiers and officers as the russian ukraine war grinds on.
2: It's been
3: four months since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and defense officials say desertions and armed standoffs between officers and their troops have led to a strain in morale, especially on the Russian side.
0: The UN marks World Refugee Day amid what officials say is the largest displacement crisis since World War II.
4: Before Russia invaded Ukraine in February, the UN Refugee Agency says there were already 89 million forcibly displaced persons worldwide.
0: And French President Emmanuel Macron's alliance wins the most seats in parliamentary election, but loses its majority. We'll have these stories and more next on International Edition. Stay tuned. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg says the war could last years as low morale continues to be a concern among both Ukraine and Russian troops. Associated Press correspondent Naomi Shenan
3: reports. It's been four months since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and defense officials say desertions and armed standoffs between officers and their troops have led to a strain in morale, especially on the Russian side. Many Russian soldiers are said to remain confused about the war's objectives. NATO Chief Jens Stoltenberg admits that nobody knows how long the war will last, but urges allies not to weaken support for Ukraine, even if the costs are high, both in military aid and rising food and energy prices. I'm Naomi Shannon. The
0: United Nations marks World Refugee Day Monday in the shadow of what officials say is the largest displacement crisis since World War II. VOA UN correspondent Margaret Bashir has more.
4: Before Russia invaded Ukraine in February, the U.N. Refugee Agency says there were already 89 million forcibly displaced persons worldwide. With the Ukrainian exodus, the number now tops 100 million. Filippo Grandi, High Commissioner for Refugees.
5: Remember, we are now all focused on Ukraine very much, but Ukraine comes after a line of other emergencies we- the
4: agency's new global trends report says that five crises last year accounted for nearly 70 percent of all displaced people they are from syria venezuela afghanistan south sudan and myanmar in afghanistan 24 million people need humanitarian aid the economy is in tatters and the taliban is imposing more restrictions on women and girls UNHCR says all these pressures have pushed 2.7 million Afghans to leave. Peter Kessler is the UNHCR spokesperson in Afghanistan. So people are crossing the borders, sometimes with visas, but most of the time without without visas and without documentation, sometimes up to 20,000 people a day. Many people flee to neighboring countries. More than 1 million have left Ukraine for safety in Poland. Rafal Kostrzynski is the UNHCR spokesperson in Poland. People, refugees, they flee not as far as possible from the conflict, but as close as
6: possible. And they returned not as late as possible, but as early as possible.
4: Only 5.7 million internally displaced persons and refugees returned home or to their place of origin in 2021. The focus for this year's World Refugee Day on June 20th is the right to seek safety. Richer nations have mixed records on welcoming refugees and asylum seekers. The High Commissioner for Refugees says he hopes those nations now understand the relationship between bombs and flight. High Commissioner for Refugees Filippo Grandi. People
5: flee because they're afraid. It's not just the Ukrainians. The Syrians have fled bombs. People in Tigray have fled bombs. Uh, people in the Sahel flee either bombs or uh, vicious attacks. So. FEAR OF
4: INSECURITY IS THE SAME WHETHER YOU ARE A UKRAINIAN OR A, a NICARAGUAN. SHAKEN BY FEAR AND UNCERTAINTY, and IRINA Morikavas FLED UKRAINE WITH HER SON SOON AFTER RUSSIA INVADED. IRINA MORKOVAS IS A UKRAINIAN REFUGEE, LEAVING HER HUSBAND BEHIND.
3: WE TOOK JUST THE MOST IMPORTANT THINGS and cross the border.
4: Now in the Netherlands, Morik Voss, an artist, has collaborated with UNHCR on this year's World Refugee Day Twitter emoji. Margaret Bashir, VOA News, the United Nations.
0: As the world marks Refugee Day, more than 100 million people are currently displaced worldwide. That's more than double the number from just 10 years ago, according to the UN World Refugee Agency. A big driver of the record number is Russia war in Ukraine in February, but that's not the whole picture. The Norwegian Refugee Council and other international humanitarian groups responded to dozens of hotspots around the world in 2022, but funding has been straight to the limit. What about next year? Can it get worse? VOA's Carol Van Dam put these questions to Jean Egeland. Secretary General of the Norwegian Refugee Council. It's it's going to get worse before
5: it gets better. Uh, The Ukraine conflict is going to drag out. The the Sahel countries, you know, in Africa south of Sahara, are seeing extremist groups, militias, crossfire between government and all sorts of armed groups go through the roof. It has gotten worse in the Congo. It has gotten worse for the Rohingyas. This economic situation situation in Syria and in Yemen is much worse and Afghanistan that everybody discussed last year and which fell off our radar completely is worse than it was last year people are starving more there is more misery in Afghanistan this year than last year.
2: The economic conditions for countries around the world is worse, even countries where the economies are relatively stable. So how is that impacting your donors? Are they listening to your pleading for help for more dollars?
5: This year, we did get additional funding for Ukraine on top of the normal humanitarian budgets from most European countries, from the U.S., from Canada. That may not be the case next year again. So the Norwegian Refugee Council, which is a large international Organization. We have 16,000 field workers. We have more than 10 million refugees and displaced. We were able to fund Ukraine on top of additionally to all of the other ongoing operations. I fear next year it, it might be that Ukraine will just compete for funding with uh, with Yemen and Syria and Colombia and Mali, and that the neglected emergencies today will even be more neglected next year because naturally there will be a lot of attention to an on potentially ongoing conflict, an unresolved conflict here in Europe.
2: You mentioned several African countries there, Mali and, and Yemen. What about Sudan and South Sudan and other places in East Africa where it's been particularly troublesome with continuing conflicts, intercommunal conflicts, and disasters? There's been flooding and then drought other times of the year. How do you prioritize all of these problems in Africa, especially?
5: We are governed by humanitarian principles, and one of them would be impartiality, which means that we go after the needs and needs alone. We don't care whether they are this or that religion or that this or that ethnic background. So we prioritize needs, but the funding we get seems to prioritize Europe over the Middle East, the Middle East over Africa on the bottom of the pit, really.
0: Thus Jan Egeland, Secretary General of the Norwegian Refugee Council, speaking from Oslo with my colleague Carol Van Dam. UN Human Rights Chief Michel Bakilek has issued a blistering report on Nicaragua's deteriorating human rights situation, which he said is spurring unprecedented numbers of people to flee to other countries. She presented her report at the UN Human Rights Council, where it remains under review. Lisa Schleier
2: reports for VOA from Geneva. In her oral update, Butchlet warned that people's right to freedom of expression and movement was under grave threat in Nicaragua. She said hundreds of civil society organizations have been stripped of their legal status. She said new criminal legislation was being used to persecute perceived opponents of the government of President Danielle Otega. She said repressive measures, such as confiscation of political opponents' assets, have been instituted apparently to silence critics. Citing civil society sources... Bachelet said 173 people have been arbitrarily arrested in connection with the political and human rights crisis that erupted in 2018. She said another 50 have been detained in the context of the 2021 presidential elections. She said detainees are being held in conditions that contravene UN standards on treatment of prisoners. She spoke through an interpreter.
6: Relatives reported that their dear loved ones are... Uh, c- held in inhuman conditions, with uh, and many of them need uh, urgent, permanent or specialised uh, medical attention, and they uh, are denied this. To take advantage this opportunity to rumor my uh, request to the competent authorities to uh, ensure the immediate release of peer persons who are arbitrarily detained and guarantee their physical and psychological integrity.
2: Butchlett warned the socio-political, economic, and human rights crisis in Nicaragua is driving thousands of people from their homes. Speaking through an interpreter, she said Nicaraguans are leaving the country in unprecedented numbers.
6: In the last eight months, eight months, the. The number of refugees and asylum seekers from Nicaragua in Costa Rica has uh, multi- been multiplied by two. It now reaches 150,000. This represents 3% of the Costa Rican population. The number of Nicaraguans uh, who have been intercepted in, uh, on the border with the U.S. is... Uh, dramatically rising.
2: Nicaragua's Prosecutor General Wendy Morales denounced the report, accusing Bachled of acting unjustly and unfairly. She said the information presented was based on lies and fake news and did not represent the reality of life in Nicaragua. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva.
0: French President Emmanuel Macron has lost his parliamentary majority according to the first estimates of Sunday's legislative elections. They showed Macron's centrist appeared set to remain the biggest party in the National Assembly or lower house, but with the far right Noups coalition scoring strongly as the biggest opposition bloc. Initial reports also found the far right scoring historically high numbers. Earlier in the day, Lisa Bryan spoke with voters in the Tassa Paris suburb of Neu Plaisance and has this report for VOA.
7: Voters trickled out of Neuilly Plaisance's city hall, shopping carts in tow. After casting their ballots, their next stops were the bakery and Sunday market to finish their errands.
4: I voted, moi, contre Macron, surtout.
7: Gregory, an electrician in this eastern Paris suburb, had cast his ballot for France's new leftist coalition known as NOOPS. He said French President Emmanuel Macron is breaking everything the country has worked for when it comes to social and environmental issues. Pre-vote polls suggested Macron's centrist alliance, ensemble or together, would earn the largest share of votes, but not necessarily a ruling majority. The noops was hoping for an upset victory that would force Macron to pick its leader, far-left politician Jean-Luc Mélenchon, as Prime Minister. Ah, Michelle, another neuilly Plaisance voter, said she believes that scenario would be a disaster. Certainly not the noob, she said. If they win, France will be in a
6: mess. Retiree
7: Raymond offered a similar reaction. He said he doubts the feasibility of programs pushed by the leftist coalition. Where's the money to pay for them he asked. Macron won a second term against his far-right rival Marine Le Pen just two months ago but the abstention rate was high and many French are underwhelmed by their president. Some criticized Macron for not campaigning enough for this crucial parliamentary vote where this time his main rival was the far-left. These elections for the powerful National Assembly or lower House of Parliament will be critical in determining whether Macron can push through fiscal and retirement reforms that mark his second term agenda. The NOOPS coalition has vowed to block them and enact tougher environmental policies. Like the April presidential elections, these legislative elections have also been marked by high Voter abstention. Lisa Bryant for VOA News. Neuilly plaisance, France.
0: In other news, Sunday was a day of celebrations and remembrances for Juneteenth, a federal holiday commemorating the end of legal enslavement of black Americans. Many events took place Saturday in Galveston, Texas, a Gulf city where Juneteenth originated. Historians say on June 19, 1865, Union Major General Gordon Granger and his men informed enslaved Americans they were free from slavery after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation by President Abraham Lincoln more than two years earlier. On January 1, 1863, President Joe Biden moved quickly last year to federally recognize the day black Americans have been celebrating since the last enslaved people were told they were free in Galveston, Texas, on June 19, 1865. For more on this story and other breaking news, visit our website at voaafrica.com. Remember to connect with us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Search for VOA Africa. You are listening to VOA's International Edition. I am Chinatua for in Washington. UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle Bakilek, this week, accused Afghanistan's ruling Taliban of stripping women and girls of their fundamental rights and freedoms and rendering them invisible in public life. Her report was submitted Wednesday to the UN Human Rights Council. Again, Lisa Schneider reports for VOA from Geneva.
2: Bachelet told the Council that Afghans are experiencing some of the darkest moments in a generation. Since the Taliban authorities took control in August, she said the country has been plunged into a deep economic, social, humanitarian, and human rights crisis. She pointed to a dramatic erosion of women's rights and freedoms since the Taliban assumed power. She said secondary school for girls has been banned, depriving more than a million of an education and future she said women are forced to wear a hijab in all public places are barred from employment and cannot participate in public and political life she said women's freedom of movement has been severely restricted let me be clear what we are witnessing today in Afghanistan is the institutionalized systematic oppression of women Afghan women are rapidly facing the worst case scenario many feared While Afghanistan has ratified a number of international treaties, the de facto authorities remain far from complying with those international obligations in both policy and practice to respect and protect the rights of women and girls. In the wake of the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, conflict in the country dropped significantly and security improved. However, this positive effect has faded. Bachelet said attacks against dissident groups and ethnic and religious minorities have increased. She said civilians have been killed and injured at schools, places of worship, marketplaces and on public transport. She said human rights violations have increased. There are serious allegations which require verifications that civilians have been exposed to violation of international human rights law and international humanitarian law, including arbitrary arrest, extrajudicial killings, and torture. The Taliban could not respond to Bachelet's charges because the United Nations does not recognize the legitimacy of its rule. However, Nasir Ahmad Andisha, the previous Afghan government's ambassador to the u n in Geneva was allowed to speak, and corroborated the information contained in Bachelet's report. He meanwhile called on the outside world not to abandon Afghans, saying millions are suffering from acute hunger, lack of basic services, malnutrition, and disease. Lisa Schlein for VOA News, Geneva.
0: The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Saturday recommended COVID-19 vaccines for children as young as six months, allowing a nationwide rollout to start next week. Olivia Zulina Reuters reports.
3: The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Saturday recommended COVID-19 vaccines for children as young as six months, allowing a nationwide rollout to start next week. The move came after a panel of advisors to the CDC voted unanimously to recommend COVID-19 vaccines for children as young as six months old. Members of the 12-person panel said the decision marks a major step forward. On Friday, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration authorized Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines for the younger age groups. That led the White House to say they would begin shipping out vaccines as early as possible. But it's not known what the demand will be. Federal data shows only about 29% of children age 5 to 11 are fully vaccinated. Meanwhile, Dr. Beth Bell, another doctor on the CDC advisory panel, said the decision to vaccinate younger kids was done for a very specific
2: reason. We don't know everything that there is to be known about this. Yes, the data may change. But we have a bottom line here, which is that this infection kills children, and we have an opportunity to prevent that. And every parent will want to consider that calculus as well. That's
0: Olivia Zolina of Reuters. This is Science in a Minute.
8: One of the most mysterious and fascinating celestial objects is a black hole. Thanks to today's advanced astronomical technology, scientists are learning more as they make incredible discoveries. A team of astronomers led by researchers at the Australian National University in Canberra say that they've recently found the fastest growing black hole of the past 9 billion years. They say that the supermassive black hole identified as J1144 eats the amount of material comparable to one Earth every second. It's so luminous that the team says it glows about 7,000 times brighter than all the light from the Milky Way. J-1144 has a reported mass of approximately 2.6 billion suns and is located in the constellation Centaurus. I'm VOA's Rick Pantaleo.
1: Go beyond the daily headlines with VOA's Flashpoint Ukraine. Each weekday at 2105 UTC, join me, Steve Miller, as I put the latest developments into a global context with interviews and analysis. Listen online at voanews.com flashpoint or in your favorite podcast player.
0: To all our VOA listeners, please note we have moved our programs to a new website, voaafrica.com, from voanews.com. There you will find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com, and thanks for listening. This has been International Edition on The Voice of America. On behalf of the entire production team, thank you so much for listening. Visit our website for in-depth coverage of world events and news 24 hours a day at voaafrica.com. Until next time, I am Chinonuofo in Washington. Have a great day.
6: Next, an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government.
9: Friday, June 3rd marked 100 days since Russian President Vladimir Putin instigated a massive deadly war against Ukraine. Over the last weeks and months, Putin waged a brutal war against the people of Ukraine. The Russian military specifically targeted non-combatants, apartment buildings, railroad stations, schools and hospitals. Thousands died and millions more were displaced. The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees estimates that two of every three Ukrainian children were displaced from their homes. In the 100 days since Russia's full-scale invasion began, the UNHCR registered nearly 7 million 2 million border crossings out of Ukraine. But the Ukrainians are fighting back and they have had success. They are regaining ground lost in the initial days of Russia's assault. They have liberated towns and villages, pushing back the invaders, recording the horrible atrocities committed by Russia's forces. And where just a few months ago Ukrainians crossed borders to safety, they are now returning to help rebuild their country. At least 2 million have already returned to Ukraine, according to the UNHCR. In the 100 days since Russian President Putin ordered his forces to further invade Ukraine, the world has seen the courage and determination of the people of Ukraine as they fight for their country, said Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The United States, along with our friends and allies, stands by Ukraine and offers maximum support. Since February 24th, the United States has provided more than $6.3 billion of security, humanitarian and economic assistance to help Ukraine prevail, said Secretary Blinken. We again call on President Putin to immediately end this conflict and all the suffering and global upheaval his war of choice has caused. Neither the United States nor our allies and partners seek to prolong the war to inflict pain on Russia. We greatly respect the citizens of Russia who are not our enemy and who deserve a better future than what continued war and increasing repression will bring, he said. To the families of Ukraine who have lost loved ones, who have been separated by violence, whose villages, apartments, schools, and hospitals have been hit by bombs, shells, and missiles, who have been sent to and survived Russia's so-called filtration camps, the United States stands with you. We will help you defend your sovereignty and territorial integrity, and we will help you rebuild when this war is over.
6: That was an editorial reflecting the views of the United States government.